Hi, I'm Coach Ricky Ronnie, and you're listening to The Monarchist. Hey, fellas, we are live. Aaron, Gary, welcome back to another football season for Old Dominion. And welcome back to the Monarchist Podcast, a podcast for fans, by fans. We're less than a week away from our trip to Blacksburg. Can't wait. We've been waiting months for this moment, and here it is. Gary, Mike, welcome back to the show. I said Gary, Mike. You did. You did. <laughs> You're already kicking me off the podcast. <laughs> Gary and Aaron, welcome back to ODU football. Let's do this. How are we doing? Doing great, man. I am ready to roll to Blacksburg with some ODU Golden Ale in hand. Boys, it is good to be back on here with you. I can't believe we just had week zero games yesterday. Man, I'm, I'm ready to get up to Blacksburg. I'm like planning out the rest of my week so I can head up there uh, Friday afternoon, get settled, and uh, get ready for a night game in Lane Stadium. We're doing the maniac version of that trip, and we are leaving Saturday morning. This should be interesting. I uh, hope there's a good rest stop along the way. All right, fellas. So we're going to kind of do this show. We're going to talk about the offseason and camp, and then we're going to talk about the game because we need to recap all the stuff that happened this offseason. Is there anywhere you want to start? I think we first got to talk about getting a new offensive coordinator and Kevin Decker coming down from Fordham. I think that's kind of the big highlight news of the offseason, bringing in an entirely new offensive system that from all reports, seems like it's going to be a lot of fun from everyone that we talk to on the field during media day. Explosive is the word. Quick, can strike deep at any moment. And it sounds like it's something that kind of fits the talent that is currently on our roster and helps us get every bit of ability out of those guys. That was the highlight of the offseason for me and, and watching every single Fordham offensive snap from last year. Yeah, not only did uh, we bring in a new offensive coordinator with Kevin Decker, but he brought his offensive line coach, Coach Hutt, and quarterback from Fordham, Grant Wilson, who's been named the starting quarterback. So lots of new stuff to talk about. So Gary mentioned it, talk about this offense, it plays fast, can strike quick. But I've talking to receivers, talking to offensive line, they all said the same thing. This offense lets them think less and just play. So this simple, it, simplified offense, it's going to look similar to what we've run in the past, but we're going to be spread out further, and the quarterback will actually keep it every once in a while. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it in action. But we had a lot of great conversations about this offense this week at Media Day, and I'm going to highlight one of the first things we talked about. We were talking to the players about all of the turnover on this roster and Jason Henderson had a really good comment on it. Let me play that for you. Great. Um, it's actually very great. It's very surprising as well, because I don't think I've ever seen something like it, but, uh, you know, I, uh, the leaders that we've had on this team have been, you know, great with uh, welcoming everybody. And we, we know it's going to be a tough task, you know, with the guys on the roster, obviously, but I think we've all done a great job kind of getting everyone. Um, 
think everyone's just excited to get to get uh, back into the season. Thoughts on Jason's comment, guys? I mean, 58 new guys on the roster is pretty crazy. That's basically half of the guys that are that are out there. I know you'll, we'll hear from some other players here in a little bit, but it sounds like the team chemistry came together very, very quickly, probably because there's a lot of guys in, in the same boat. But he's talking about leadership on the team and different different leaders that are still here in place. You know, I think obviously Jason Henderson, Terry Jones, Isaiah Spencer, all of the captains there that have been through a lot through their time here. And I think that, that helped them build that chemistry over the offseason. But 58 new guys, I mean, that's that's got to be a program record for Old Dominion, if not uh, the Sun Belt. Yeah, I don't want to spoil any of the goodness that we're going to have later, but it was a consistent theme of all the guys we talked about or talked to at Media Day that clearly they seem to be gelling well, genuinely liking each other, and were excited for what was coming up here very shortly. There was a word I had Aaron write down on his notebook on Media Day. That's because I heard it over and over again, and it was compete. And it got me excited. Competition is always something Ricky kind of harps on. Everyone's got to earn their spot. But it felt like genuine and like real. And I know with the new offense, that competition was real because we got to talk to those guys. And uh, they just sounded so optimistic that it's hard to not buy into it yourself. They're, they're either drinking the Kool-Aid or they've, they've fully bought in here. But, yeah, compete. And the other one I heard that I think Monarch fans will be happy to hear is win. Compete and win. So having those two together, um, I think, is – we didn't hear them say the word win too much in the previous years. We haven't seen it much on the field in the previous years. So compete and win. And also the balance competitiveness in practice. No one side is getting too far up on the other. They're kind of taking their, their beatings in practice, coming back, and then – giving the beatings the next day. So I was happy to hear that too. So gents, we talked a little bit about the, those 58 new guys and how things are coming together. It might be apropos to talk for a few minutes about some of that off season roster shuffle guys going out, guys coming in. We have 58 new players, but that also means a lot of dudes left. Obviously a number of them graduated three guys drafted the pros but even worse, we have Ollie Jennings and Blake Watson with remaining eligibility transfer out for NIL, which I can't blame them. Go get what you can while you can get it. You never know how long you're going to play. It might be your career might be over the next play. So get the money while you can. They graduated. They did the thing. They did everything right. So they don't owe us anything, but it created a lot of turmoil this offseason and after December, after early signing day, I was really concerned about what we're doing in recruiting. And the staff really knocked it out of the park in the spring, I think. They put it in overdrive. They brought in a lot of talent. Maybe not the names that we're all hoping for, but they filled every hole that we were told they had this offseason. And I'm excited to see how it comes together. We got guys from Duke, Temple, Colorado State, Georgia Southern, UNC, Temple, Washington. There's just a lot of talent coming in, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. I think they did a really good job of finding the guys that fit the systems that are in place. Like on the offensive side of the ball, you're seeing guys get picked up that have either been in kind of a wide set spread offense in the past or can fit that pretty well. 
defensive side of the ball, a lot of the defensive transfers are coming from either a 3-3-5 or a 4-2-5. So they kind of understand the core principles. So they may not have been the big splashy names. Like, uh, you know, I'm sorry we didn't get Aaron Rodgers in free agency to come to Old Dominion. But we got a quarterback that has been in this offense for two years, was recruited to run this offense uh, up at Fordham. Um, and, you know, having the knowledge of how this works and having someone in place that can teach the rest of those quarterbacks is an awesome thing. And I know we'll hear more from Grant Wilson here later. So I'll add one of the units that I was kind of concerned about going into this offseason was offensive line and bringing in Chris Chernak, Michael Flores, Keenan McNally, all three capable of starting, all know the offense, all ready to play. But two of them, I mean, are projected starters. So two out of three, you're bringing in talent that can start immediately, and you're bringing in a guy who has depth and can build for the future. Because I think Keenan, he should be a freshman this year because he was only at Tulane one season. So, yeah, they did it all. They're on the one group I care the most about. They built depth, and they brought in immediate talent. That is absolutely right, Mike. You, Anyone that knows Mike knows that the offensive line is by far his favorite position group. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about food or we're talking about – it doesn't matter. It's always an interesting conversation. Those guys always are well thought, thought out. So you guys just talked about the offensive line. So let's go to the two position groups that those O-line men are protecting. I don't care which direction we go first. We want to talk quarterback because obviously Hayden – transferred out and grant came in or if we want to talk about the running back position where blake went to memphis and now we've got some new faces there uh, i think we can go ahead and talk about the running back position with Kadarius callaway coming in uh one time commit and on the roster at alabama as a defensive back goes to juco switches to running back lights the world on fire down there and is projected now be our, our starting running back in this offense when you look at him and you stand near him on the field and you hear from everyone that's playing with him, he, he seems like that NFL caliber talent. Like he's got the size, the speed, the vision, and this offense is going to open up a lot of running lanes. Like, the, you know, this is kind of a modified version of a spread air raid, power raid, but it's not something you're going to see like 80% passing it. There's going to be a lot of running in it, and he could rack up some serious yards. We saw it in the spring game with our running backs up and down the roster with Callaway not playing in the spring game. I'm just imagining him running through, you know, three and four foot holes in the line with nothing in the second level. And he's really shoring up what I think is, is one of our stronger position groups on the offensive side. Yeah. The one thing I was told about Kadarius is he has draft day talent which we haven't had a whole lot of at running back in a while. So it's exciting to see what that looks like in an Old Dominion uniform again, especially in offense that is built on running. Everyone's concerned about the quarterback, offensive line, wide receivers. But if you look at the teams who have won using this offense, Baylor, Tennessee, Oklahoma, they've all ran the ball extremely well. And that, it's going to be a very vital part to our success moving forward. And having a guy with his athletic ability there makes that much easier to accomplish. So I'm excited to see how it all comes together. But with his athletic ability, it could be really fun to watch. And I'll add one thing for your offensive lineman here. Keenan McNally and Chris Chernak are huge. 
like they're six, eight, six, nine, huge, big dudes. Like we're standing around big football players and they are, they look like us standing next to them. Like the rest of the team does. They're that big and getting behind some big dudes like that. They can just plow through the defensive line. is going to be pretty fun. And I think Monarch fans have a lot to, to look forward to, not just with Kadarius, but you know, we've got guys that got some experience last year and look good in the spring game with this new scheme. We're Keyshawn Wicks, Tariq Sims, Obi Sani. We got dudes that, when Kadarius is an in, can take advantage of this scheme and be able to, to eat up some yards and not force us to overplay Kadarius and keep him fresh all through the season. All right, quarterback. After the spring, or what, the day before the spring game, Hayden Wolf announces he's transferring, which if you follow recruiting at all, that tells you one thing and one thing only. He was not going to be starting. I've read all of these previews saying we lost our starting quarterback. But to me, that tells me we upgraded our quarterback position because he competed for the job and he did not win it. And when he saw the writing on the wall, he bounced. Facts are facts. I'm excited to see what Grant Wilson can do in this offense, but I know we have some talent coming in with Colton Joseph backing him up. Jack Shields looked pretty good in the spring game. Sucks that he was slowed down this training camp with an injury, but I'm excited that we upgraded the position for this offense. Yeah, and Coach Ronnie, it's kind of open media day, was you know, made the made the announcement that Grant Wilson was going to be the starting quarterback and had no problem doing it early. And he brought up a point that I thought was really interesting is in the past at ODU, our starting quarterback and our backup quarterback have been really different from a skill set standpoint, whether it's DJ Mack or Hayden Wolf, they bring very different things to the table. Now, it really, all of our quarterbacks on the roster have the same types of skill sets. So going from starting quarterback to second string to really third string, you're looking at the same profile, which I think is good for the offense. You don't have to tweak your offense. You're more in a plug and play mode. And I could tell you the competition with Shields being healthy, it's really a three horse race and it may continue to be like that throughout the year. Wilson makes absolutely the most sense to be starting. You're going into Virginia Tech. You want someone who's got the most offense ingrained into their brain through practice and repetition as possible. That's not going to be a fun environment to make your first FBS start. The quarterback situation could change based on what we see on a week to week basis. And I don't think we have necessarily a drop off in that position until we know how those guys do in a game situation. All right, so sticking with this whole portal discussion, we picked up a local guy, Miles Alston from Pitt. Good to see him back in back in the 757, playing for Old Dominion, adding a little bit of depth at the position for us, some speed. But then we got to look at the defense because there was a lot of turnover on the defensive side of the ball. We obviously saw a need to bring in defensive back talent, and they did that. Nate Wyatt from Temple, Langston Williams from Colorado State, Ashton Whitner from Georgia Southern, and Demario King, which is kind of like a linebacker safety from Washington. Excited to see what these guys can do for us. I've heard that the secondary is improved. They feel a lot better about it now than they did in the spring. So there's some positivity on the defensive side of the ball. However, there are some concerns on the defensive line. 
Yeah, and I would add in the secondary too, Nolan Johnson, redshirt senior transfer from a Miami of Ohio, brings some size to the cornerback position at six foot two. We know Lamarian James is going to be starting. He's been here. He's been on the roster, but everything else might be kind of a rotation of guys until we we figure it out at the cornerback position. Safety, though, really like what we have returning, kind of led by Terry Jones. But one I've been kind of told to watch in that safety position is Montario Smith. He's 6'3", 200 pounds, and can really play any of the three safety positions in our base defense. So I think safety, where we're looking good, cornerback, I think a lot of uh, unknowns there outside of Lamarian James. All right, fellas, from a pressure perspective of trying to speed things up for the opposing quarterbacks, how are we looking right now to try to take a little bit of pressure off those cornerbacks with the ball having to get out a little bit quicker? Well, Amore Morrison being back from injury last year is a big help. We, we missed him in the pass rush after he got hurt, I believe, in the UVA game. So having the, him on the outside is great. But we've got a lot of young guys up there in that, that defensive line. You know, some starters returning for sure, but I think uh, Amore Morrison is, is the one to go and circle on that defensive line that could be a game changer for us. And I'm a big fan of Devin Brand Epps. He just makes plays. I think he had an injury late in the season because he, he, I'm not sure, uh, kind of foggy on that. However, I just saw his name over and over and over again making big plays last year, and I'm excited to see what he can do another year older, another year in his system. Let's see how he keeps progressing. We did bring in Jaleel Taylor from UNC. I know he's probably going to be a plug-and-play starter for us. And at defensive tackle, playing the nose, right? Believe so, yeah. Denzel Lowry is, is going to be in that mix as well uh, in the middle. Uh, and then you've got the, the Chris combo, Chris Kane and Chris Trinidad, K-R-I-S for both of them. They're going to make an impact. Chris Kane, I, I think he's the eldest of the defensive line group, and he's a true junior. So uh, there's definitely a lot of youth up there, but there's a lot of talent. We certainly had a lot go out the door to Colorado, Penn State, and a few other places, but... I think if this young talent can develop like that talent did in previous years, we can sure it up. But I'm not going to be shocked to see teams try to attack us right up the middle early and see what we've got from a stuff perspective. And then that brings us to linebackers. Obviously, one of the easiest groups to project for Old Dominion. Jason Henderson, All-American, and one of our new favorites, EJ Green, quote machine. It's hard to just talk to EJ and not get excited and happy. He's got a great smile on his face, and he's amped up. Yeah, we're good at linebackers. I'm just hyped up thinking about it. Y'all talking about drip. I'm just here to run through faces. That dude is ready to go, and I love it. Him and Henderson together in the linebacker group is almost not fair. Like, It almost makes me want to run a 3-4 or something where we get even more linebackers on the field. I, I think that's aside from maybe safety that's where we're the deepest is where we have the most talent i mean we've got several guys i think wayne matthews is one i've heard that can make an impact there at the linebacker position as well there's a lot of talent there's a lot of intensity and there are a lot of dudes that could pop you in that linebacker core so uh happy to see that and yeah ej easily becoming one of my favorites so jason had an amazing quote media day that i'm going to play right now because we're talking about quotables from EJ Green, but here's Jason with a great one. Violence and execution, obviously. And I think there's a lot of people on this defense that are violent. They're ready to hunt, they're ready to make plays, and um, I think our execution is going to be a very good for us. 
violent and execution. What more do you want to hear from your All-American linebacker? And he was serious about it. I mean, I was standing right next to you, Mike, when he was talking about it, and there there were no jokes there. He was 100% locked in that those guys are ready to go. Yeah, I, I was smiling ear to ear once I heard violence. But then he added the execution. And it's hard to not get excited. But uh, we kind of glossed over it on the offensive side of the ball. I want to kind of go back to there because this wide receiver group, there's some talent here, and it's going to be exciting to see what it does in this fast offense. We're going to be spread out wide. We're going to put pressure on the defense with our running backs, and it's going to give some room for them to go make plays. And all offseason, what did we keep hearing about was Jordan Bly and his progress. He keeps – everyone can't stop talking about what he's doing in practice. And that's – he's not even our number one guy. We got Javon Harvey. Grant Wilson said he's the jaw dropper in practice. So going back to the offense, let's hear from Grant Wilson. That it is fast – we play smart and we play hard. And if everyone does their 111, it will be a super, super, super fun offense to watch. I'll say, hey, when Grant was talking to us, I mean, that's just obviously a, a small snippet of our conversation with him. But everything that he talked about was in relation to the team. There weren't any eyes there. It was all about the team. It was all about everyone doing their part, as he said in that quote right there, 111th. But he had a smile on his face the entire time we're talking. It's clear that he's excited about the potential what this offense could be. And he was even more excited about Monarch Nation being able to enjoy watching this new offense if everyone does their part. Yeah, and I'll I'll point out here that last year at Fordham, they had three receivers with over 1,100 yards and a fourth with over 500 yards. This receiver core could have a monster year when this thing starts clicking. And I think they know that. I think that gets them excited. You're talking four wide double stacks on the outside with you don't know what's coming your way. It's going to be hard to jam. It's going to be hard to drop back in coverage. And we really have, you know, four guys who right off the bat are, are going to make a big impact with Harvey, Granger, Bly, and, and Page. I think you can even look down the depth chart, though, at somebody like Kelby Williams or even Devin Queen, who is just – joining the team, but he's six foot four. He's our tallest receiver. I think you're just, you're going to see guys rotate in there and be able to do some serious damage on the offensive side of the ball. Last year after Ali got hurt, we saw Javon not miss a beat. He stepped into the shoes and his growth week after week was pretty impressive. So I'd have to imagine that that has continued over the off season. You couple that, what we've seen out of Jordan Bly and the guys that you're just talking about, Gary, and we could have some fireworks. Yeah, and I certainly don't want to leave out the the tight end position here because we did see some sets with one and, and sometimes even two tight ends in the system. Um, Isaiah Spencer coming back for his sixth year with Old Dominion. This will be his fifth defensive coordinator in third offensive system. Had a, a feature on him and Terry Jones on odumonarchist.com. Spent quite a good bit of time talking to him, but he was talking about kind of learning this new offense and really the way it was presented to him by Coach Decker, how passionate is that Coach Decker is about this offense and how well he understands it. 
I called Coach Decker a genius and really just was blown away by how he's able to break down the film and teach people their assignments and what they're supposed to do. He's just very excited and he used that explosive, fast pace. And I think that Coach Decker coming here with that offense is a reason why Isaiah Spencer came back. I think that's one of the main reasons. And he's excited about it. Coming back for year six, that that makes me pretty excited about it. Yeah, this offense spreads the ball around. I know last year Hayden kind of locked in on guys, and it led to some really amazing performances from guys like Koontz and Ollie Jennings and eventually Javon Harvey. But when the ball is being spread around the whole wide receiver unit, everyone's involved and everyone can knows they can make a play at any moment. And that, that type of play just makes it more fun for everyone on the team. And I think it's going to eventually lead to more success. But we got to click first. And how long will that take? We don't know. But Xavier Black feels pretty good about where they are as a team. And I'll just let him say it. As a whole, like, everybody's going to have a It's From where we were at this point last year to this point this year, it's, it's kind of like night and day. Yeah, and one thing I'll add there, too, uh, another kind of common theme from the guys – talking about this offense is fun. Like they're excited about this offense. It's a fun one to be a part of. I felt like for the last couple years, we have tried to force an offensive system that didn't match our personnel. We were trying to be the ground and pound, run right up the middle, and we just weren't built for that. And it's not fun and you lose confidence when you know that the offensive system you're in is not gonna be able to score points for you. This is more like they have the confidence that with this system, we can score. Now, they've got to go do it on the field. Like they can say that all day long. They have to go do it on the field. It has to click and it's going to take time, but we kind of need the offense to do the unreasonable thing and be really good by week two. And their confidence makes me feel like that's at least possible. Well, you know, it's not just fun for them, but we're a podcast for fans by fans and we don't miss games. And over the last few years, you know, you hear it in the stands of, you know, everybody seems to know what plays come in and they're bored because we're just going to run the ball up the middle into a pile. This could be a lot more fun for the fans to watch and hopefully more engaging to get them on their feet, making noise and helping Ballard to be much more imposing for those teams to come in. So not only not only fun for the players, but fun for the fans that are going to be there to help the players along. And you can force the other team to make mistakes if they know your offense is dangerous. They're going to take those little bit riskier plays that our defense is going to go eat up because they get the feeling, well, if we don't score a a touchdown here, they're going to come score a touchdown. And that kind of just changes the whole dynamic of the game when you have an offense that can move. If you look at our numbers on offense last year, we were awful. Like we were one of the worst offenses in college football. I think Tech was like the only power five school that was worse on offense than we were. And you could tell in the guys, you get down by two touchdowns. It just got deflated until somebody made a play and there was a last second push in kind of an air raid style and we would score. But I mean, Aaron, Mike, you've sat next to me at games. How many times have I called? All right, we just got a 15, 20 yard chunk play. We're going to run up there and run one right up the middle and boot Blake walks in for a yard and a half. We're going to be much, much less predictable in this offense. All right. So they just ramped up camp. We went to media day, and Ricky had a comment on where they're at. We'll be there when we're supposed to. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think that we're where we need to be. Uh, I've loved how competitive we are in practice right now. It's gone back and forth. It hasn't been one over the other or anything like that. So now, Ricky's a coach, and there's going to be coach speak at all of these types of events. But it kind of was supported by what Xavier said earlier. And to be in a good spot after camp is what you're kind of wanting to hear with such major change going on. You're implementing so many new faces, a whole new offense, new coaches on offensive line and defensive backs, right? Because Taron Williams is a new DB coach. That's a lot of change going on. And for everyone to be kind of on the same page saying we're in a good spot. It makes me feel a lot more optimistic going forward, even with this daunting schedule. Absolutely, Mike. Well, one place that doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of change are guys that are punting and place kicking. Though, fortunately, we've got one of the best upperclassmen punters in the nation and one of the best young place kickers, field goal kickers around as well. Let's talk about that position a little bit. Well, Ethan Duane immediately goes to the top of the list with the most amazing mullet I think I've ever seen on a human being at Media Day. I know we shared that out on some social media channels, but it is a absolute thing of beauty. But just not having to sweat the special teams positions is kind of nice. Long snapper was the only turnover we had with B.R. Hatcher. I think he is still in Packers camp right now, If I, unless something has happened here in the last few minutes. But yeah, just having another year of Ethan Sanchez getting better, Ethan Dwayne being able to just bomb punts and turn the field over. I mean, it's it's hard to ask for anything other than consistency and dependability in that special teams room. And apparently Ethan Sanchez has one of the strongest arms on the team. And that was shared with us on media day. Yeah, that was a hidden talent they had to throw out there. Are Apparently he's got quite the rifle. And uh, I'm hoping with another year under his belt, that Ethan will uh, make me look good because it seemed like every podcast last year we we're talking about how games were going to end. I was saying that he was going to kick a 50-yard field goal to win, and I don't see why that shouldn't change this year. Yeah, I mean, he was 10 for 13 last year on field goals, 28 for 28 on point afters. Yeah, so this year when we run the fake field goal and he launches a 40-yard bomb for a touchdown, we'll be sure to clip this audio right in front of that highlight. All right, so – all of this together, we have a lot of movement, offense, defense, new coaches. We're talking about outlook with all of this change going on. And we asked EJ Green what ODU fans should know about this team. Let's hear what he had to say. It's a role. We're ready to dominate. We're ready to compete, beat everybody. What else do you want to hear your linebackers say? They're ready to roll. They're ready to, to fight. I'm excited. So that brings us to this week. We have Virginia Tech on the road, Blacksburg at night. No matter how good or bad Virginia Tech is, that is a tough place to play at night. What are we looking at, Gary? Because you are the one married to a Hokie. You know more about that team than we do. Yeah, well, first, the the experience at Lane Stadium for a night game is awesome, no matter where they're at from a, a win-loss perspective. Uh, I was up there for the Thursday night game last year when they played West Virginia. It was high-intensity pregame. I mean, the the way that they kind of ramp everybody up, starting about 15 minutes before kickoff is real. The adrenaline starts pumping even when you're sitting in the stands. And, you know, 
for for West Virginia, luckily, that adrenaline wore off pretty quickly, and they beat Tech handedly in that game. And I'm I'm hoping we can kind of do a similar thing there. But Tech is bringing back kind of a similar offense from what we saw last year. Like I I don't know if they've made a lot of big strides there yet. We know Grant Wells has been named the starting quarterback. That is a name that we are all way, way too familiar with. I think he had three interceptions in the game last year, and we, we kind of called that. In their wide receiver room, they're really depending on on their, on their transfer wide receivers. I mean, we know Ollie Jennings is there. They have Jalen Lane from Middle Tennessee State and then Daquan Felton from Norfolk State. Those are probably going to be their top three wide receivers, and they're all G5 and FCS transfers coming in there. Dwayne Lofton is their one real returning receiver, but he only had 22 catches last year for 254 yards. So you've got a quarterback that's kind of proven it. He could have gotten better in the offseason, that is for sure, but it hasn't really done a whole lot against us from a quarterback standpoint. You have three new receivers coming from a lower level coming up, one returner, not much there from a passing game perspective. In the run game, Malachi Thomas is, he's awesome. He's a great running back. The only knock on him is he has not been able to, to stay healthy. Uh, he only played in, in three games last year. And really behind them is uh, Bashul Tootin, who is a transfer from North Carolina A&T. So they've, they've got a lot of transfers in that are kind of similar to ODU. They don't have a lot of the, the name recognition that you would expect from like a power five level. I mean, we know Ollie Jennings is a great talent and he's going to be good in any offense that he's in. Uh, but they're really kind of, they don't have that like five-star stud in their wide receiver room or in their running back room other than, than Malachi Thomas. Defensively, though, they are strong. Their defense is going to be good, just like it was good last year that we had a lot of problems with last year. They probably have one of the best corner duos in the ACC. I think you could easily say top three, possibly you know the, the, the top cornerback duo there with Mansoor Delane and Derek Canteen, who's actually transferred from Georgia Southern, knows Old Dominion quite well. Uh, they're bringing back both of their safeties from last year. Uh, Peoples was the one that really did some damage against us last year in, in, the, in the opener. Um, he'll be back. Uh, defensive line, uh, they lost kind of their top guy in Garbutt, um, but everyone else is back. Uh, Narelle Pollard is a big one uh, that's going to be back. And then in the linebacker group, Dax Hollifield is gone. Um, so if any ODU fans get on the field, you're, you're going to be okay. You're not going to get the best tackle of the game on the Virginia Tech side there. But I think they've got a lot to figure out on offense. We have a lot to figure out on offense whichever one can kind of emerge a little bit in that game is really going to have a great advantage because I think both defenses are very stout. So the question for both of you guys here, our coaching staff is familiar with Grant Wells. We've seen him at Marshall. We saw him last year at Virginia Tech. And obviously they're familiar with Ollie Jennings. How much does that help with two of the major pieces on offense that our coaches are very familiar. And I can't imagine that their offensive scheme is going to have a huge change, unlike what they've seen from us. Well, when it comes to Ollie, obviously that helps a lot because we know what bothers him, what he likes, what he's looking for as a receiver. But Grant, we played them last year as his first game with Virginia Tech. He's a whole, it's a whole another year in this offense. He's a lot more comfortable. I'm not sure those year-to-year games matter much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, we've had a lot of success turning him over, but one of those – he's a much younger quarterback at Marshall last year, first game in the new offense. 
I'm not sure we can expect that kind of gifts this year as we have gotten from him in the past. Yeah, and I think the really only change on that offensive system for Virginia Tech is they've been pretty public about wanting to commit to the run. I think almost to take some pressure off of Grant Wells and set up more play action. So I would expect to see them run the ball a whole lot more. That's something we didn't defend very well last year was was the run. I think you're going to see them try to control the clock, especially with these new timing rules and the clock not stopping after first downs, to try to limit the possessions of the new high-octane offense that, that ODU hopefully will will have on the field. But I think that's really the, the only change there from an offensive standpoint is that they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, I know Coach Ronnie was actually asked that question about Ollie Jennings at Media Day, kind of how do you prep for someone like that? And he, he gave the coach answer. He said, hey, just like anybody else out there, there are a number on a sheet. We're preparing for him just like you would, like kind of any other faceless player. We try to take the emotion out of it. But I think you got a sense very quickly from some of the guys on the team that they would really like the opportunity for him to catch the ball in front of them. On the defensive side of the ball, I know they had one major change, and it's Brent Pry no longer calling plays. I'm not sure what how that will impact them, but they were already a pretty good defense, and taking that off of his plate probably helps, but that remains to be seen. I'm not sure what you're hearing about that, Gary. Yeah, I think it's – just giving Pry the opportunity to be more of that true head coach position instead of worrying as hands-on with the defense and kind of letting his coordinators run things. I don't think we're going to see like a big change in terms of what we see on the defensive side of the ball other than they're, they're going to be stout. I mean, it's going to be hard to score points. I would imagine that they are probably going to try to press coverage our outside receivers as much as possible and disrupt timing. Uh, but that's where that fun discount double stack comes into play on the outside of the field for us. Yeah, we have the same benefit on our side of the ball. So over the last couple of years, Coach Ronnie's had to be probably much more involved in the offense and than he'd want to be. And now he's got an offensive coordinator and an O-line coach who have a system that they're super, super capable of being able to do this. And that's going to allow Coach Ronnie to be able to be in those various position group rooms and be able to play the role of CEO and have the big picture of the game and to be able to make those adjustments and kind of see everything that's going on and not have such a myopic view of what's going on in the field. Yeah, I would add last year our offense was terrible against Virginia Tech, but we also had a very tough month for the offense in August. We lost our offense coordinator pretty early on in camp, and Kevin Reiner was thrown into emergency OC pretty much. And that had to have made for a very tough camp. We weren't at media day. We weren't really involved there, but it's pretty obvious that had a huge impact on what that offense could do. They were good at striking while fast throughout the season, but it just wasn't consistent at all. And the offense just didn't work last year. Having an offense that actually works, even if we don't have the same talent level like of guys like Zach Kuntz and Ollie Jennings this year, could have a huge impact on how this game plays out. And that's the optimist that's the optimism coming out of me right there. But if we can punch them in the mouth and get hit in the mouth and withstand it, it could be really interesting how this game plays out.
honestly, like I hope our offense is amazing and we're scoring 49 and a half points a game like it, it did at Fordham. It's probably going to take a while to get to that point. But we just need them not to be awful. Like we need to not be last in the country in defensive time spent on the field. If you look at that time of possession that, that our defense was on the field, it's literally last in the country. No one's defense spent more time on the field. If we can cut that down, even if it's just getting some first downs, getting a touchdown here, there's something to, to give that defense some time off their feet. That's going to be huge. We're not talking about we don't need to have a top 10 defense. We don't need to have a top 10 offense. We just not need to not have a bottom 10 offense this year. Our defense was very good last year, but they really, let's be honest, they had the deck stacked against them a lot. We were not good picking up third downs on offense. You know, we were a feast or famine kind of offensive squad. So our defense had one of the highest amounts of time being on the field in the, the nation. I don't remember what that, that ranking was. Mike might know that, but uh, they were on the field a lot more than they need to be, and that, that really wears on a defense. Talking to those guys as well is they realize that on defense, we have to be much better on third down. We gave up a lot of third downs last year that extended drives and kept them on the field as well. So a lot of opportunities there. I mean, I think if we revert to the mean a little bit on those and we're a little bit better on third downs on both sides of the ball, it can make a real big impact for us. Yeah. And one of the things that really hurt our defense last year, aside from the offense not producing and not keeping them off the field, because, yeah, we were dead last in time of possession from a defensive standpoint, but the amount of yards we give up on third down, even when we held them to a third and 15, we were playing some coverages mainly from a stamina issue where we would give up 11, 12, 13 yards and teams would go for it. We were 106th in defending fourth down plays. We gave up the first down on fourth down 64% of the time. 106th in the country. Third downs, we were 86. We allowed them to convert 41% of the time. And that's really, we played some bad offenses last year where that number should have been a lot better. So I think not just stopping them on third down, but stopping them from getting more than the half the yards they need, like increasing that defensive success rate on third down where you reduce the amount of yards they're actually getting there uh, is going to be helpful. And I think letting them be fresher is going to make us more confident in blitzing in those situations instead of dropping eight in coverage and kind of getting picked apart. So yeah, like I said, offense doesn't have to be top 10 yet. It doesn't. It just needs to not be bottom 10. And Mike, do we got more that we want to talk about here or do we want to go to the section where we talk about what we think is going to happen on Saturday? I think we should go to do a double fold of Saturday and then this season. So I'll kick it Let's off. do it. All right, fellas. So obviously, I'm excited about the offense potentially helping the defense this year, as you guys just covered. But that brings us to outlook. I'm going to ask you two questions. What do you think happens on Saturday? And then how do you see this season playing out? Gary, kick us off. The Saturday is going to be tough. That environment is going to be difficult, never mind the fact that we have a quarterback that has never made an FBS start. He's going to do so in the night game home opener at Lane Stadium. I think this game will be decided in the first quarter. If we are able to hold our own and stay within a touchdown and let that adrenaline wear off, maybe make some plays to take the crowd out of it, I think that this is going to be neck and neck right down to the end. And 
I will take all of the unknowns on our offense and what we don't know and what we haven't seen them against the offense that Virginia Tech is rolling out there and what I know they're rolling out there. So I, I think that we kind of do the unthinkable and the unreasonable thing, and we go into Lane Stadium and pick up our first P5 road win. I love it, man. I love the optimism. I personally have not been to a night game at Lane. I've been to two day games, stuck in the upper corner, being roasted by the sun like a melting marshmallow. So I'm really looking forward to see what that environment's like. I agree with you 100%. And we have to be able to weather that early storm, that emotional letdown, the adrenaline and what's going to go on there. I think I'm a little bit more of where we are at the half as opposed to just the first quarter, because it could take a little bit for our offense to kind of get any get any jitters out there. I think on the defensive side of the ball, those guys will kind of be a little bit more locked in. I don't expect Tech to go for some big plays there, so if we can just keep them from, as we talked about earlier, I think you were talking, Gary, about establishing a, a really strong run game. We can kind of shut that down and make, make Grant throw the ball a little bit more. I think we'll have a real fighter's chance I really, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but, you know, I, I got to stay with tradition. And I think the uh, true sophomore kicker is going to come up with a uh, big kick to win the game in the fourth quarter. Obviously, you guys put me in a tough position here. You both picked ultimately to win. So if I don't, I'm the bad guy. All right. <laughs> so I... I, I me and Treadmill Horse, Virginia Tech blogger, traded some questions. He answered some about Virginia Tech. I answered some about Old Dominion. And he told me his biggest area of concern is the offensive line. Now, when Gary was talking about their star running back, I started getting concerned. And then I thought back to that comment on the offensive line. And now I'm not so concerned about our defensive line depth as much as I was at the beginning of this podcast. If, they, if their offensive line is not playing well, we have a shot here. As long as we can get to Grant Wells and not let their star running back run all over us. I think that's really going to be, if we can contain the run, we have a shot here. That's a big if. And I'm not sure I'm willing to take it. I'm leaning on we cover the spread or we beat the spread, but... We're probably not winning our first FBS game on Saturday. And that that's fair. I think this is an if game for everybody, right? Also, if we win on Saturday, they have to stop with this our home business. That whole recruiting pitch and sales pitch needs to end immediately. Yeah, tear, tear those billboards down. Yes. Oh. Uh, I'll say one other thing. Monarch fans should probably take this game in and enjoy it because I would be willing to throw a little money on this being the last time that Old Dominion and Virginia Tech play in this series. Not necessarily that it's going to be anything on Virginia Tech's end, but with the amount of pressure on the ACC right now to distribute revenue differently, to make themselves as profitable as possible, to put themselves in the best position to be in New Year's Six games and playoff games, you're going to see them become very risk averse to playing G5s on the road. And the next matchup is supposed to be in Norfolk. So don't be surprised if this is it for the ODU Virginia Tech series. So enjoy it. 
and I hope we go in there and get the win. So if that series does end, we're up three to two, and we'll hold that over them until the ACC falls apart and they have to play us in the Sun Belt. Hell yeah. If they Greenberg us, then we're going to build billboards. This is home, 3-2. We own them, if that's the case. And they do have a hell of a lot more pressure. I mean, this game opened up with them as a 14-point, us as a 14-point dog. Now I think it's at 15-and-a-half, so... And it um, says 16 on some. Circa. But I think the three of us agree, you know, whether whether we think it's going to be a win or a loss for, for Monarch Nation, that that we think that Old Dominion is going to cover the spread here. Yeah. And interesting, too, the, the total has been hovered around 49, 49 and a half, and it hasn't really changed. What you've seen in other lines based on week zero is the totals dropping because of these timing rules. It, it's basically the worst case scenario for a fan with the timing rules. You're getting less football action and no meaningful impact to how long the game is actually taking. But you've seen a bunch of unders hit over the week zero. Small sample size, but it, it's almost like they changed those timing rules and the worst possible outcome happened. Like At some point, they'll realize that the ads are the problem, right? Like Eventually, they'll figure that out. I'm curious to see how, how Grant handles handles the pressure early which one med tech <laughs> <laughs> that's we have to close out with that somewhere has has there been another college football game with two guys named grant at the quarterback position against each other i cannot find any previous occurrence in the uh grant w versus grant w yeah i see a lot of legal battles apparently <laughs> We might have our own if we win this and they end the uh end the in the uh series. I'm sure there's a couple. I'm not aware of any. I can't even think of any other quarterbacks named Grant other than these two. Yeah. I think if it happened, it probably happened in like the nineteen twenties when it was a little more of a common name. I it looks like Gary's looking it up for you. I see uh I see Grant Gunnell who was a quarterback for the Sam Houston Bearcats. And then a lot of articles on some guy named Grant Wells and then another guy named Grant Wilson. So you know what? I will say it, and, and you can you can put this in the podcast. Somebody proved me wrong. This is the first Grant versus Grant quarterback matchup, and the loser changes his name to loan. We'll call this the <laughs> Commonwealth Grant battle. Well, Tech is a land-grant university, so we take their campus. Yeah. Ooh. All right, so season outlook. Do we want to do that, or do we just want to play this week by week? I'm fine doing a season outlook, as long as you're cool with the floor and the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I asked you two questions. We knocked out Virginia Tech, and this weekend. Sounds like if the odds are in our favor – we're all going to leave Blacksburg very happy. Yeah. All right. So we talked about Virginia Tech. Now we got to talk about the season. What is your outlook on this year? How do you see it playing out? Well, as we've discussed a lot, there are so many unknowns with this team. I think that makes this kind of dangerous because this offensive system will work. Like it is a proven winner. You look at the best offenses in the country at the power five level, they are running some version of this. So I know that Vegas has this at three and a half wins this season. I do think we exceed that. I think we're going to be somewhere around the five and seven mark. 
I think that's that's where we land. I think we have some winnable games on our schedule with teams that are down a little bit more this year than maybe even people are, are anticipating. Like I, I still don't think we're going to be competing for a Sunbelt East title. I don't think we're in the championship game, but we're five and seven feels right. I am not going to be shocked, and I'm definitely going to be happy if we're more in that seven to five, eight and four kind of range. All right. I'm saying on the low end for me, it's going to be four wins, but I think we have a real chance of getting to six and six, being bowl eligible and uh, using it as a springboard for next season. I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm hearing. But I think we'll know probably after game four as to what we're really going to look like this year. Yeah, obviously we have a very tough start to the season. Going on the road to Blacksburg, then we host Louisiana, who is usually a pretty good team. I'm not, I haven't really looked that deeply into them, but yeah, I think that first four weeks is a, a good point to start judging them and what they are. Three and a half seems kind of low, but based on all the turnover, I understand it. To me, the success on the season goes on how successful we are running the ball. I know passing is a big point, and I, I said it earlier, but if we can run the ball, it makes everything so much easier. We dominate the clock. We allow the receivers to get more space. Safety start creeping up. You take the top off, and you're scoring. If we can run the ball, we're going to be a lot better than a three-and-a-half win team. Will that happen? I don't know. But I'm hoping. <laughs> I would say between four and seven wins is pretty fair. Seven would be amazing, I think, with this new offense because I think it will take a few weeks. But then you got the whole health element to it, the difficult schedule. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it comes together. But I know the offense does work. It's worked everywhere as long as you can run the ball. And if we can run the ball, we're going bowling, and I expect us to. So we all have us bowling, I think. Gary said five wins. Yeah, I, th- I think five is realistic. But, again, I'm not going to be shocked if we go seven and five. It's it's really – we need the offense to do the, the thing that is not super likely, and that is click in, like, game two or game three. I think getting Louisiana at home early is good because they've had a lot of turnover. They have a lot of question marks and unknowns and they've got to come to Norfolk and you know, the crowd is going to be nuts for the Louisiana game. It's going to be pumped up playing the raging Cajuns. We'll have some jambalaya. I'm sure at tailgate or something like that. We, we need that offense to click in week two. And that's a very unreasonable thing to ask for new quarterback, new offensive system. But if they click week two and we beat Louisiana, that is going to change the landscape a little bit of what ODU football is going to look like this season, and it's going to put us on a lot more radars. I, I pinned that one as a win already. That's one of our three and a half that we're guaranteed to get, or we're guaranteeing we're going to get. They're playing an FCS week one. We're playing on the road at Virginia Tech. Our guys are going to be more mentally prepared for another conference game they're still going to be figuring stuff out because they haven't been really hitting in the mouth by another FBS team yet. So, yeah. I don't know if it'll click that early. It'll probably be week seven where we start finally seeing the fruits of this change. But, yeah. I'm optimistic. I like the change that we made. Good things are happening on Hampton Boulevard. And 
I can't wait to see you guys in Blacksburg. It's going to be fun. Dude, I'm pumped. It's going to be it's going to be fun up there either way, but I would love to come out of there with the win. That make that drive back home with a Hokie fan and that night in the Airbnb with a lot of Hokie fans much more fun for me. Yeah. Absolutely. It's I think it said 5 hours 50 minutes from my house in Norfolk to Blacksburg. If that is a win, that will fly by on the way home. And I'm hoping for it. So I think that does it for this show, gentlemen. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. ODMonarchist.com.